Welcome to the Raising Successful Kids podcast. This is a podcast where we will discuss and explore how to raise children to be successful in all areas of their life. Irene Santanier is a working mum of an entrepreneurial child and shares a passion with her husband to see children succeed. And now, introducing your host, Irene Santanier. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Raising Successful Kids. I am very privileged to have in front of me Julian Hall from Ultra Education and those of you who are regular listeners to the podcast know that Ultra Education take every fifth episode and make it an Ultra episode but I've persuaded Julian to um, sit down with me today and record one maybe two podcasts about um, the fact that we're certainly in England, moving into exam season. And I'm sure wherever you're listening, your kids are in the middle of exams or have taken exams or will hit an exam season at some point. So it's a really relevant on-point topic at the moment, certainly is in our house anyway. So I just thought that it would be interesting to have the um, advice or (laughs) intellect of somebody who mentors a lot of students and coaches a lot of students and has to deal with students who are running their own businesses or thinking about how they can be successful in their lives as well as having to deal with the pressures of being in school um, or even if they're home educated the pressures of having to study and how they marry the two so we're just going to have a conversation I hope that you enjoy um, what we're talking about and that it will help you either deal with how your kids or students are coping with study and exams, um, or as a parent or a coach, how you can help them to um, cope with this interesting time of their lives. So thank you very much for finding the time to come and speak today, Julian, and welcome. Thank you, Irene. Thank you for having me again. That's okay. Um So, as I said, we're talking about exam season and wherever we are, there's always kids that are going to be tested, whether they're at home or whether they're in school. So, as far as you're concerned, have you got just a couple of tips that you can help maybe parents or coaches deal with straight away? How they, because suddenly this thing will happen that they'll, suddenly exams will come how they can start to prepare their students for this yeah so whenever i am faced with a challenge or even an opportunity and you know we're very cognizant of education as a framework and the history of education and and we also because of the age ranges that we work with so you know we work with kids from seven all the way up to you know adults right Mm -hmm. ultimately Mm -hmm. our our background even though we teach kids entrepreneurship it that was born out of um us uh, me particularly um working with adults um grown-up entrepreneurs but they also don't go they don't leave you do they that's the trouble oh yeah yeah, absolutely (laughs) um so I'm saying that to say that there's a context that I exist within Mm. that doesn't look at people in year 11 or just university or just in primary school. Or I look at uh, the adults who I've coached yesterday Mm -hmm. within the context of the year 10 
girl who is thinking about A-levels, right? And what's interesting is because these are pretty significant um, times in their lives, I mean, if you look at something like the SATs, for example, Mm. um, in primary school a couple of years ago, and I know parents who... Uh, they pretty much boycotted the SATs Mm. because, and they pulled their kids out because Mm. they said, well, why should my, you know, child, you know, little child have to endure the stress of these exams? And I mean, you know, I'm the governor of a school. And so, uh, you know, I spoke to, um, you know, our head teacher and another head teachers about this. And it's not uncommon for there to be kids who, um, and we're talking about children, to primary school children who yeah. are going to the doctor for stress, mm. um, who are crying, who can't sleep. These are year two students. Absolutely, way. yeah. So in the in the UK, those of you who aren't aware, outside of the UK, kids here get tested in primary school at year two. So that's what, six, I can't remember now, six, seven, something like that. Yeah, yeah, seven, eight, yeah. Yeah, and then again at year six, when they're 10, 11, just about before they leave to go to senior school, and it's actually the the year two SATs, I believe, as I can remember rightly, are more for the school. Um, but the year six ones, they take those on and that's what they actually determine what their GCSEs end of year 11 exams are going to be. Well, it's interesting you touched on, you touched on something. You said, um, you know, it's more for the school. And I suppose... Uh, I, I often take an aerial view mm. and, you know, a, a colleague of mine says that um, it's, it's, it's always important to take a 50,000 foot view of things. Yeah. And I, I don't think it would be out of place. And I don't think teachers or schools would completely disagree with the fact that ultimately exam results, be they SATs, GCSEs, A-levels, university, is very much for the institution. Mm, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, it's sold to the student as this is for you. Yeah. But in reality, yeah. the institution needs those results. <laughs> yeah, in order to get from as, I, yeah. people coming to And them. really, um, I mean, in the UK, we have the school league tables. Mm. And that is what drives the behaviour of education, mm. right? So I'm saying all of this to provide a level of context, mm. which says that... When I work with um, entrepreneurs, and I've got lots of my friends are entrepreneurs, mm. a lot of them didn't go through the conventional school system. Yeah. They were in and out of it. They were challenged by it. And there is um, a current narrative, which you know may change over time because we're not anti-education. Mm. Um, entrepreneurs don't like school. They, you know, they don't like education and they don't like it because it's... Um, usually wasn't very good to them. Mm. And uh, they see it as too restrictive. There isn't innovation in there, all the rest of it. And so that's changing slightly because the the culture of um, education, particularly at a university level, has recognised that entrepreneurship is a thing. So lots of them are doing entrepreneurial degrees and they're inviting entrepreneurs in and and all the rest of it. Mm. Um, And... Uh, kind of private and boarding schools are having entrepreneurs in residence. I was one for a boarding school for some time. Mm-hmm. So they're recognising that entrepreneurship is a a viable route to employment mm-hmm. and actually the aspiration for lots of young people. Mm-hmm. So uh, when we talk about exams, mm-hmm. 
And we talk about the pressures that young people are are under, whether they are 10 or 16. I guess it's about, and and this is very, very difficult. Mm. It's very difficult to to suggest this. Mm. But ultimately, if I start from the point of saying it doesn't really matter, (laughs) I know anyone listening to this podcast is going to to roll their eyes in the back of their head and say, ah... These entrepreneurs, right, think they can leave school with with, with no qualifications and, and make it in life, and we don't subscribe to that um, to that philosophy. That isn't um, uh, what we believe. But what we do believe is that um, the pressures that they're under um, need to be uh, supported with a longer term expectation mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. and you know there's a there's a weird psychology it's a little bit like saying um the more they worry about it and the more the parents worry about it arguably the the the, the less well they'll do yeah um whereas if things are more relaxed i don't mean um uh, in in a, in terms of you know neglect yeah. you know neglecting these exams and everything else but I do think that there is um, anything that is anything that has stress applied to it doesn't do well no, no. ultimately yeah, yeah yeah and parents do contribute hugely to the stress that um, their kids yeah. are under and and again if you if you take an aerial view of that mm. that is usually because of their own yeah um success or failure in that area precisely yeah right imposing that onto their kids correct or students because a lot of teachers are the same as well yeah for them it might be that you know their career is you know that they get um what's the word uh, assessed on what on how well they do yeah. how many students they put yeah. through exams yeah i mean i tell you i'll give an interesting story so um I, uh, when I was going into secondary school, um, so I'll take it back a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure if you know this, but I was home educated for the first two years of my schooling life. Okay, right. Um, I'm not quite sure why, mm-hmm. but maybe it was just my mother's circumstance, single mother at the time, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, she was super academic. Um, the story goes that um, she was still taking her nursing exams while she was pregnant with me. <laughs> Um, to the last month, but um, yeah, she chose to homeschool me, and I actually remember being homeschooled. You know, there was it was the it was the intimate time that I spent with her, just she and I. Yeah. Anyway, so when I went into primary school a couple of years in, and I remember the first day walking in, being the new boy, and all the rest of it, it, it was fine. But I also remember being ahead of the class. I was yeah. always ahead of the class, mm. right, to the point where the teacher would let me do stuff that the rest of the class wasn't doing, yeah. right? Which would never happen today, right? Well, I think I think that depends on the teachers. If I think it does. Yeah. I think it does. Yeah. I think it does. So anyway, one day at the school gates, one of the teachers, Miss um, Mills, said to my mother that she believed I could pass entrance exams to a grammar school. Mm. So uh, for the next couple of years, my mother put me on uh, a kind of um, extra tuition mm. for a few subjects. I went and did a whole bunch of exams and I passed all of them except for one. Hmm. And it wasn't that I didn't pass the exam, I failed the interview oh. at, at 10 years old or whatever. 
<laughs> and I actually remember this interview. I remember this kind of, you know, short, bald-headed, 50-something-year-old man. I remember his face really clear. I remember the, the interview and everything. And anyway, I didn't get it, right? I wasn't that bothered about it. Anyway, let's fast forward 30 years. Mm. A friend of mine says, um, oh, uh, would you help uh, me deliver an entrepreneur um, course at this school? And for some reason, he didn't, he, I never remember him telling me what the school was. He just gave me the address. So, so I rock up to this school and as I drive up to the gates, I look up and it was a school that I didn't get into. Oh, wow. And I remember, and so I rang my mom. I said, mom, remember the school I didn't get into? I'm teaching here now. Wow. Right? And so what that made me realize, I mean, it, it wasn't like a new idea at the time, mm. but it reinforced the idea that it didn't matter that I didn't get into that school. No, no. You know, and, you know, even though I start off with that and, you know, again, you've got your million listeners rolling their eyeballs at me. <laughs> um, most of what I say comes from a personal experience. Yeah, of course it does. And so that personal experience told me I didn't get into that school, mm. but now I'm teaching there. So what does that mean? Mm. Let's, if we unpack yeah, that, yeah. what that means is uh, there's a lot you can do. Yeah after the fact mm. there's a lot you can do after the fact especially now mm. right and so I would be disappointed as a parent if my children didn't do well in their exams mm -hmm. but is that because it means they're not going to do well in life or is that just because of my ego mm. the shame in the family <laughs> you know the competitive nature yeah. The fact that it's going to be difficult for them to get into another school, not because they're not great, but because they didn't get letters after yeah, these subjects. They just look at those results. They, they just look at those results. The individual, they yeah. see the results. Absolutely, okay. and I think um, any successful person will 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 say what I've said. Yeah, they'll say it doesn't matter because yeah. there's other ways to get there. However, taking the the aerial view, mm. a lot of this, a lot of the narrative around exams, isn't actually about whether or not you will raise a successful child mm. that isn't it yeah we think it, that's the excuse we give ourselves mm -hmm. if you don't do well in the exams you won't be successful yeah. if you don't study hard and get these grades you won't be, but that's not actually true is, is what i'm saying mm -hmm. it's not true at all mm -hmm. right now i'm not saying that if you do well in your exams that you that it doesn't op it doesn't provide you more opportunities but if you don't do well in your exams there are still other opportunities it's yeah. And it's often down to um, the support of the parents, mm. the opportunities that they provide, um, the things that they seek out for their for their kids. Mm. Um, and I think that's very different to what it was 10 or 15 or even 20 years ago. It's yeah. very, very different. Yeah, yeah. I would say for me, if I didn't do well um, academically, that would have been a much bigger problem for me back then mm than it would be for a young person today. Sure. And I think everybody would agree with that. Yeah. So I suppose it's about um, diffusing um, some of the elements of stress that go around this this overwhelm because it's not just the, it's not just the, the students that are overwhelmed. The parents are overwhelmed too. Yeah. Everyone's overwhelmed. Yeah. Right. So it's so what I'm saying is it's about how do you how do we manage that? Because I think the question you asked inferred that how do we manage the overwhelm of the of the of the child yeah. but i would start by managing the overwhelm of the parents mm -hmm. 
That's where I would start. Okay. Um, because that is the greatest influence on that child. Yeah. Right? And if this child is in a stressful environment, they're not going to do as well, mm. um, which goes converse to what you're trying to achieve in the first place. Mm. So I guess there's a balance between, um, you know, pushing them and then pushing them over the edge. Yeah. And, and also, I mean, again, just looking at, this in a wider context. So as you know, our whole philosophy, you know, is do what you love and do what you're passionate about. So if someone, if a child or a student or even my own child said to me, you know what, I don't like this subject. Mm -hmm. I'm, and I'm, you know, if they disengage from a topic and uh, they come to me and say, well, I just don't like it. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm not going to How do you manage put that, them yeah? through hell. So, so say that, so for instance, our son is doing, as I've said to you before, he's doing 13, 13 topics leading mm. to exams. So ultimately he's going to take at least 14 exams when he's in year 11. Crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. So, and he's already starting in his mind to disengage with a couple of them because he can't, he doesn't like the topic. Exactly what mm. you just said. He doesn't like the topic at all. But he can't check out of it because he's, yep. he has he's to do them. To it. He's yeah. committed to it. So we're teaching him, trying to at the moment, that he, because he's committed to it, he's got to stay See it through. Yes, yes, I agree with if that. if he doesn't, then he's not demonstrating commitment at mm -hmm. all. And he mm -hmm. then can't go and say to somebody who's looking at him as a mentor, as an example, well, you can check out any time if you want mm. to, because that's not a good thing to be telling somebody else. <clears throat> that's, that's my own personal opinion. Um, so how then... What do you then do when they start to disengage? Yeah, yeah. You so, so, so really, so quite practically, and I think um, things like commitment, things like not checking out, those are pretty introspective concepts mm. um, for a child or a teenager or whatever. So if they get that, that's great. Mm. But if they don't, I suppose you need to, uh, you need to think about the topic that they're disengaged from and why they're disengaging from it. Mm. So, I mean, I, I, I spoke with um, a couple of young people today and they said the best teacher in their school is the biology teacher mm. because, you know, he's always on something and he's just a great guy and he knows so much and blah, blah, blah. And that was just a testament to the ability to teach. Yeah. Really? Yeah, and I would agree with that. Yeah. Because... I think when they start to disengage, it is a personality thing mm. and it's about teaching them or coaching them through, well, there are people in life that you're going to come across <laughs> that you have to just, mm. you just have to rub along with mm. and go the course with them and then you never need to see right, them ever again. Right, right, kind right. Kind of idea. Yeah. And also, you know, um, uh, you know, speaking to another young person who was saying, their exams are over in about six weeks and that's ages away. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought, wow, you know, look at that, right? Yeah. To me, six weeks is pretty much six minutes in my <laughs> life. But to a, you know, 17, 18 year old, that's a long time, yeah. right? And so it's not to kind of discount that or to make them feel as if, you know, that's not, uh, that their point of reference isn't valuable. Yeah. But I suppose it's... um. So, so practically, a couple of things that I would do is to find more engaging ways for them to learn that topic, right? Mm -hmm. And there's, I mean, if we think about something like um, 
um, history, right? Mm-hmm. There's an outfit out there, I think they're called Horrible Histories, yeah. who do a really good job of um, making that more engaging. Mm-hmm. Um, English and Maths is another organisation um, exemplar who are really good. Mm-hmm. So there were lots of um, there were lots of companies outside of the school, the school yeah. who are set up to address this problem mm-hmm. head on mm-hmm. because um, and schools use them. I mean, Mathletics is another one that's yeah. really popular, and so. But what that requires is for the parents to now have a stake, an active stake Mm. in getting their child across the line. Mm. And I know that's difficult because, um, well, for a number of reasons, lots of, I mean, lots of people just didn't really have a great time in education themselves. Mm. Um, A lot of um, parents don't necessarily see the value of it. So, and so then sometimes some parents are just too busy. They've got too much going on. I mean, that's just, that's normal modern life today, yeah, right? It's yeah. it's difficult to sit down with your child and do homework. Yeah. It's, it takes a lot of time and effort. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you need to make that decision as to say, well, look, um, this is a point in time mm-hmm. where we need to reorganise some stuff mm-hmm. and and do that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I mean, we've had to do that in our, in our household mm-hmm. um, because it's funny. When... Um, you know, when things are going well, uh, schools benefit from the league tables and they'll, you know, um, and on all the grades. But when things aren't going well, they'll say, we're not the only ones responsible for educating <laughs> your child, right? So it's what, and you know, I guess... Yeah, and I, actually, mm. I do agree with that. I don't yeah. think that you should just leave it to the schools to do, or colleges or whatever. If you want, I suppose it depends on their age, but if you want to be engaged in your child's life and help them grow to be successful wherever that might be, mm. then you need to be part of that and and see whether they want you to. Some kids don't. Some kids are quite happy to do it on their own. But then you have to be there as a support system, yeah. making sure that they're getting enough sleep or getting some free time or whatever it might be. Yeah. Yeah, so I think... You know, taking and what you're describing is kind of like a a holistic approach to the problem, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Because there isn't a book or a methodology that deals with overwhelm. No. Overwhelm is a a result. But overwhelm is a result of other things that are happening, right? Um, And so, I mean, for example, there was a, you know, there was a young person who, um, at something we were doing recently, that you know got got quite emotional about something and um and it's because they were just having a bad week mm. you know and it and and it the result of it was in this particular situation mm. right and i quickly pointed out it wasn't the, the situation that caused them to be emotional it was something else and that situation was the trigger sure. right so i guess um finding the source of the overwhelm what is it that's overwhelming that young person mm. is it um, the fact that they feel if they don't do this, that it's the end of their life. Mm-hmm. Is it peer pressure? Mm-hmm. Is it competitiveness? Is it the teaching in school? Is it the parents? Mm-hmm. Because it's it's it could be a little bit of everything. It could just be one thing. It could be, well, I don't really want to disappoint my parents. Yeah. I mean, you can quickly diffuse that, you know, in a sense. Yeah. Um, or, you know, there's this one teacher that's giving me a really hard time about it. And you can, it's, so I think if you understand where the overwhelm is coming from, mm. um, because again, overwhelm is, isn't a thing on its own. Yeah. It's, you know, um, it's, it's caused by something. And I think getting to the cause of the overwhelm, be it yourself mm. 
or the or your child mm-hmm. is the is the first place to start. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you can remove that, then you know you could be a long way yeah. to you know making it manageable yeah. it may never go away completely no, no. but at least it's manageable it's a little bit like stress it's never you know you can't you can't get rid of stress and actually um a degree of stress is it's healthy yeah. it's good yeah. so it's more about managing stress than getting rid of it because yeah. getting rid of stress we'd all probably be quite bored <laughs> if we're honest with ourselves yeah. right um so again maybe it's about managing that overwhelm because you know in in a way in a sense and and you know it's funny because on the flip side and this is why i say it's interesting me looking at you know different contexts with different age groups right um we've all seen the the meme that entrepreneurs share where it says it's got a circle and it says your comfort zone and yeah. then it says you know um success is outside so of your comfort zone right yeah. that's overwhelmed right Mm. so in order for entrepreneurs to grow or just people in general right for people to grow you need to be outside of your comfort zone Mm. when you're outside of your comfort zone you are overwhelmed Mm. so it's okay there is it (laughs) (laughs) it's okay there but it's not okay Mm. when it's your child going through exams so really is it is that overwhelm now a point of growth Mm. right is it about saying well now they're growing and this is actually good for them Mm. so my job is to make sure that um it's being i I manage it in a safe environment pretty much which is it's the home the parents um and i think that's probably the difference this will be one of the first times in their life where they are faced with um, with significant overwhelm, yeah, I think yeah. exams, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's significant overwhelm mm. that uh, not only they're facing, peers are facing, teachers are facing, school parents, everyone's facing this thing, right? Mm. Um, but is that a, is that a point of growth? Is that now a moment where you can say, right, my child can grow from this, mm. we can grow from this, mm. right? Um, and so almost kind of you know turning on its head. Um, and that's why I say not removing it completely because no. then if you do that then now you're in the realm of no one's bothered yeah. which you don't want to get to either no, right? no, no, no. Um, but, but ultimately I also do think it's about really knowing your child yeah. I know it sounds obvious but um, yeah but sometimes the obvious isn't yeah, obvious yeah precisely a lot of parents don't know when their kids are or students actually, you know, work with a lot of teachers, so they don't necessarily know their students. Mm. So they don't understand that um, they don't understand that they might have other. If you're looking at it from a school situation, that they've got other topics that they're dealing with, right? Because all they care about right. is their topic. Very true. And they want you to do best, the best in yeah. their topic. They're yeah. not worried about the other. Yeah, teachers. very true. So very the true. students come into that environment, right. and yeah. when they come into that classroom. That's that teacher's domain. So mm. they know that they're going to have that pressure put on them. Then when they move into the next classroom, they've got the same similar pressure from and there's there's like that competing. Mm. I've heard it in staff rooms where they're, they're competing against each other and they're comparing the same student but competing. Um, and the, the kids are not daft, they pick up right, on this. They right, pick up right. on it. So it's as a parent or a coach or you know, an outside teacher. It's how you teach the students, how you coach the students through that, through that um, wall of competitiveness or whatever it might be, mm. so that they don't they don't check out like we said earlier on, but they they use it as a a means of 
growing. Like yeah. they're like growing yeah. or, or com- com- competing within themselves, right? Okay, well, I can do this in this, le- I can do this and then I can do this, like taking part in a race or an obstacle. Uh, yeah, so I guess, you know, even if someone, even if um, a student is checking out of their subjects, which I'm sure millions of kids are doing as we speak, yeah. um, I think the uh, the parent providing um, them with a reason why for them in the future this would be beneficial mm-hmm. is, is, is important mm-hmm. because... A lot of the reason why they disconnect from it is because they think, well, why do I need this? What's going to be the point, mm-hmm. right? And my experience of working with lots of young people is that they only understand the context. They only understand their context for that time. Yeah. They they have no clue about what the next few years yeah. holds. Uh, and that's okay, but it's not so much that. They have no idea about the dynamics, the frameworks of of life in general. Yeah. Um, and so they can't put themselves into that context, that framework, mm. and understand how what they're doing now will benefit or impact them positively or negatively going forward because yeah. no one's given them that. Mm. And another reason why that is, is because schools are only concerned with getting them to GCSEs or A-levels. Yeah. Universities are just concerned with getting them their degree. Like, it's a hot potato. No one's really that bothered about the thing afterwards, no. right? They're just concerned about their thing. Much yeah. like you said, that teacher is just concerned about their subject, yeah. right? Um, but that doesn't help the young person. No. Because it, now everything is so siloed off. Mm. They don't understand because no one's connecting the dots. No one is saying, well, this is what the pathway looks like mm. if you do these things, mm. right? Mm. Um, and then I, I know some people will be listening to it and say, yeah, well, we do provide a pathway. Well, often those pathways are based on um, the expectation of that child from that school, from that borough, mm. from that social economic background. So that isn't even real, no. right? And that pathway is often attached to what that advisor, that advises... Well, their world view what is... What their worldview is. Yeah. And the types of jobs or opportunities that they have access yeah. to, yeah. Um, not what is based on that child's potential. Sure. Right. Um, so I know these things theoretically are happening, mm. but they're happening in such a small frame of reference mm. that it stunts the uh, yeah. the potential of that young person. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Because yeah. there's only a few, very few that actually come across somebody or a, an organisation that can help them in that way. Uh, but the majority of them tend to... Well, this is the thing, and it's so interesting. I mean, um, at Ultra Education, we are being approached by parents who are... Because we don't, we don't say that overtly, mm. but we get parents who have kids with special educational needs, other learning difficulties who are very far away from the employment market, very disengaged with education, mm. who see what we do as a vehicle to, you know, help. Um, giving them opportunities. That they, absolutely. That, um, convention doesn't give them. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And the kind of, um, you know, a bridging of that, of that current gap, as yeah. it were. Yeah. And, and that was never the intention, but I suppose it's, it's really because um, we, we're, not, uh, we're not in a, in a walled environment. Mm. You know, for us, it's about 
doing what you love and yeah. ultimately being happy, right? Yeah. So that gives us a very wide yeah. berth, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, and also because we have seen the journey of what it looks like from seven to 70 or whatever it might be, mm. um, we know that, okay, just because this doesn't work doesn't mean it won't work out there. Yeah. Um, but we also know that in that moment, it's very difficult for students, parents and teachers to see outside of that. And that's really just because of how we're set up as a society, mm. you know, mm. and exams do mean everything. Mm. And it is, um, and a lot of it does come from parents and their own experiences. Mm. Um, but we just need to, uh, I know that is what I'm saying, yeah. right? Know that. Recognise that. Recognise that, yeah. right? Yeah, and yeah. And if you are... And recognise it and then decide whether or not you should apply that to your child. Because just because you were competitive in school doesn't mean that your kids are, are wired that way, no. right? Um, just because you didn't get on with school doesn't mean that your children are wired that way, yeah. right? And again, going back to really knowing your, your kids, people say, well, I really know my kids. That's fine. But apply what you know about your kids mm. in these moments, mm. I suppose is what I'm saying, mm -hmm. right? And don't just... Because I suppose there was a, you know, back in the day... There was, it was quite there was quite a regimented way of raising kids. It was just do as you're told, yeah. right? Do as you're told. Fall in line. This is what it is, yeah. and that's it, yeah. right? That was the way in which lots of us were raised. Yeah. That doesn't work today. No. It doesn't work, and that's and and not for bad reason. Kids are far more informed. Mm. They ask better questions. Sometimes it ver you know verges into being cheeky or rude. Yeah. Um, but we They're can't have it both ways. It's right. challenging because they know that they know that it's not working for them. So they know that they can challenge. Um, but surely there comes a time when you have to if you have to say, just do this for this time, get get through it. You know, like if it's a core subject, for instance, science or maths, as it is in the UK, science, English and maths are core subjects. So if you don't like them, just you have to do them. And if you don't do them now, you're going to have to keep doing them until you pass them. Well, you know, the value that I see in mentorship, mm. right, is I remember coming to a point in life where I had failed so many times. I mean, people just see the successes, right? But I know for every one success, there's 10 failures, right? Yeah. Um, and that hurts. Mm. Uh, I started to take the advice of mentors, even if I didn't agree with them mm. at the time, mm. even if I didn't fully understand it. So if a mentor said, Julian, just do this, I would do it. Yeah. I got to a point where I would just do that mm. because I worked out that as intellectual as I think I am, yeah. right, Nothing else it works. doesn't always work. Yeah. Right. So, what should I do? Maybe I should take the advice of people who have been there and done it before me yeah. and just, let me just do that. Yeah. Let me try that and see yeah. what happens. Mm -hmm. And surprisingly, that doesn't work out too badly, yeah. right? Um, the hit rate is better. Mm -hmm. Your mentors don't know it all either, mm -hmm. right? And they're not always right. No, no. But you do have a better hit rate mm -hmm. than if you just try it yourself. Mm -hmm. And there is a value in trying it yourself. It's just that it's, that's not sustainable mm. all the time. Mm. And and actually, there's, there ends up being a hybrid model of, you know, because um, you want to, if you're going to fail at something, you don't want to fail because you took the advice of your mentor. No. Sometimes you want to fail because you failed, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's, there's a mix in that. But 
Um, bringing it back to, but but I recognise that because I saw the value in what the mentor had to offer. So um, I do agree that at some points uh, the child or student should just on the parent's command just do this. Just but that's now about trust. Yeah. Very That's what point. you're asking them to yeah, do. Very good point. You're not asking them to. It, it's difficult. It, it's difficult to ask anybody to do something just because. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you couldn't go up to a stranger in the street and say, you know, whatever. Ask right. them to do something right. because they've never met you before. Why would they? Why would they? Yeah. Get so right. Idea, so the reason you're asking your kids to do it is because you're saying, look, just trust me. Yeah. Right, and if they trust you, because it needs to be a backdrop of trust. Sure. Right, if that backdrop of trust exists, you'll say to them, "Look, just trust me. Mm. Yeah, mm. Um, this is what you need to do." Mm-hmm. Right, and if they do trust you, they'll probably do it. Mm. Right, and at points where they start to benefit from that trust. Mm. Um, mechanism mm. highlight it mm. not in a I told you so way no. <laughs> right but highlight the benefits of well that worked out well yeah. how did you feel about that was that was that good or what did yeah. you learn internally they'll then think ah I trusted mm. what they what my parents said mm. and so and that worked out for me mm. so if they ask me to trust them going forward even if it's not using those words I now have a frame of reference mm-hmm. to to go back to mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. um so and it also gives them along with the trust comes responsibility so you're mm. giving them the responsibility to to move forward with this with whatever you're supporting them with but you're you're giving them that responsibility so when they see that they've been successful and you've you've spoken about it praised them even mm. because of it and they oh okay that's that level of responsibility I coped with that they might not recognise it as you said about trust they might not recognise it as responsibility either but the fact that you've allowed them to talk about it and they can see themselves that mm. okay, I managed this really well with your help but I did manage it really well okay maybe I can do the next step and the next step yeah, yeah and I think that that responsibility piece I think is important because you've then got to balance the trust me do this. Mm with what do you think you should do yeah you know and and that's for the parent to work out yeah when it's best to when do that right, right? when the right time and that's not an easy thing to do no. um and you know parents should allow themselves to make those mistakes mm. um and for everybody to to use that as a as a point of learning right mm. now i mean all of this sounds great if, you know, the sun was shining, <laughs> the wind isn't blowing too hard and the, everything is just right. Yeah, this works perfectly. And I suppose the the, the challenge isn't necessarily in, because um, a lot of what we've said, this isn't necessarily new information, no. but hopefully what it does do is provide new perspectives, mm-hmm. maybe. Mm-hmm. And it, it's not about new information it's about how, it's about applying it yeah. right so we know stuff but we don't necessarily apply it and again i will go back to saying that um if your child or student is overwhelmed you need to look at yourself first mm-hmm. you do yeah. and i say to my kids if you don't understand something i say to them your teacher is getting paid <laughs> it's yeah. their job to 
help you understand this thing. Yeah. Because kids don't see it like that. No, no. Kids are sitting in class thinking it's my responsibility to understand what he's or she's saying. Mm. That's not that's not it. Mm. Right? It's the other way around. Mm. The teacher's it's the teacher's job. Now that's difficult if there's a class of 30 different learning styles or I get Levels one of that. And stuff. I understand all of that. Yeah. Um but I don't think teachers will respond badly if a child comes up to them and says, I don't actually understand this. Yeah. Teachers, I'm sure, would respond positively to yeah. that, right? It's just that kids and students sometimes don't do that. You know, they don't have the the confidence. They think maybe it's me that's stupid because I don't understand. Mm. Um, so I think, you know, we need to kind of um, give give young people that voice, give children that voice as well. And, you know, the, 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 the problem with that is we can't have it both ways. So as you said, um, if, we, if they know that they can challenge... Mm. Um, so on one hand, we say, talk to us, yeah. right? Tell us what you're feeling. You know, we want to know, yeah. T- tell us everything. Right. And then, but that comes with hearing stuff that we don't necessarily want to hear either. <laughs> right? Yeah. So it's, it's both. It's, you know, we can't have it both ways is what I'm saying. So as parents, we've got to prepare ourselves to hear the things that are true that we don't want to hear. Yeah. And then how do we manage it? Because then what happens if if you respond too harshly to the things you don't want to hear, they don't tell you stuff anymore. No, exactly. Right, which is the ultimate, mm. you know, that's the thing that most parents are afraid scared of. of. They're scared that, of. Yeah, and that's right? why they don't engage in that. Um, yeah. So it's, it, it, it is delicate, um, but I think that, uh, you know, often our kids reflect us, mm. good, good or bad, yeah, right? Yes, they do. They're, um, we're their role models. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we don't like the fact that sometimes they'll reflect their friends at school. Yeah. <laughs> they'll reflect the most popular YouTuber or Instagrammer at the time. Yeah. But we are their biggest influence, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, how long we can maintain that for is another, is another question. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I suppose, you know, I always think that um, people are, are responding to 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 things, mm. right? Mm. And um, it's what are those things that they're responding to? So if we talk about exams and overwhelm, there's so many different things that um, that response could be attached to. Mm. As a parent, we need to think about what are those things, mm. right? Mm. What is it that? Um, so I mean, for example, I remember being at school thinking everyone around me is super clever. And that is my overwhelm. Yeah. It wasn't really what my, my parents thought. It wasn't that. That wasn't what was putting me under pressure were my peers. Mm-hmm. My peers were putting me under pressure, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and, you know... Which is a good thing if you can manage that. Yeah. Because it pulls you up and it gives you something, it drives you forward, something to aim for. But if it's, if you're forever playing catch up, that yeah, can be yeah, quite yeah. demoralising. Yeah. I mean, I don't recall my parents ever putting me under pressure mm. um, for exams. And I think that's maybe because um, I was doing better than they thought I'd ever do anyway, right? <laughs> so they were like, well, look, you know, you surpassed our expectations <laughs> thus far. So anything else is a bonus. Yeah. But... I guess I was in an I was in a competitive environment. Yeah. Right? So I was being challenged by my peers, mm-hmm. which was okay, mm-hmm. right? Um that's better than being <laughs> pressured by your parents, yes. I think. Yes. Right? Because home should be a place where you go back to to kind of, you know, reset. Mm-hmm. Not a place you go to to, you know, to to, to be under pressure. Mm-hmm. And so I think um 
I suppose the other thing, which is a, a bigger topic, maybe for another podcast, but I will touch on it. Um, there is definitely in parents um, a dynamic, which I see all the time, where they are l- trying to uh, correct, <laughs> correct correct what yes. they haven't achieved, oh, yeah, okay. and, and their mistakes yeah, yeah. in their kids, yeah. for sure. Yeah. I, I see that a mile off, yeah. right? And, you know, that whole helicopter parent thing and all the rest of it, you know, if that's you and you're listening, just be honest <laughs> with yourself, right? And just diffuse that because that's not fair on that on that child, no. right? Your child isn't your second chance, no. right? Your child is your child, yeah. right? And um, if you want them to do well, that's great, yeah. but don't fuel it with... Don't try and live vicariously through them because you can't. They're, you they're can't. Different. They might be part of you. You can't. And if you're a mum, you carried them for nine months, but they're not you. And... I know some parents will say, well, that's working out for me. Mm. It is now, mm. but it won't forever. No. That model never works forever. No. And if it does, it comes with consequences, sure. you know, and, and we see that in like, there are very, very popular, some of the most popular influences in the world um, have been driven by their parents and their mm. parents are clearly living vicariously through them, mm. but it comes with massive consequences, yeah. you know, and you know, they are they don't become their own people. Mm. Um they could be massively successful, but are they happy? Are mm. they, you know, are they really them? Is that really what the parent wants for them? Mm. You know, you decide as a parent, right? Mm. Um but that's scary in itself, mm. you know. Um and I suppose for that parent, again, a lot of this is about recognizing what those influences are that are creating that overwhelm. Yeah. It's not something that you can solve overnight um and if you're not well equipped enough for it i mean you'd be surprised you'd be surprised what support is available out there if you ask Mm. right Mm. there are lots of organizations out there who who will support there are things out there there are podcasts you can listen to there are mentors there there are there are things out there that weren't there when those parents were growing growing up yeah or going through the same experience or going through some experiences Um, and we can ask a lot more of yeah. schools today, I yeah. think. Yeah. Um, and I think schools are um, are open and willing to do, to do more. Yeah, because um, they get the benefit of it. Even if they're thinking selfishly, they get the benefit of it. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, because that probably doesn't happen a lot, mm. um, you might be the one parent who is, you know, pulling on the school's help mm. out of a class of 30. And they'll, you know, they, they're kind of set up for that. Mm. Um, so, you know, don't, don't look at, uh, the world of education as a walled garden between you and the school. Mm. It it is a collaborative effort, which, which isn't, uh, it's not a natural dynamic. No, no. It's not a natural, usually parents, according to the school, when things have gone wrong, that's usually when, you know. When they get to see who the teachers are or a parent's evening when, you know. Parents are trying, wanting to hear the best out of it, right? From their kids, right? Or how their kids are doing? Yeah, but I think often it's about you know just um, having a more proactive role um, in uh, the education of your child at school level. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you know just going back to one of the things you were saying earlier, just about taking a really holistic approach. Yeah. Um, and again, I know that sounds a little bit you know, um, tree huggy, mm. but it's true. No, it's you know, true. often these things do not, there, there is no silver bullet. 
Um, and I think that overwhelm is something that can be managed. Mm. Um, and, and actually, if it's looked at positively, it can be a point of growth for mm. your child. Brilliant. Thank you so much. I had a list of questions and actually that was just question one. <laughs> so I think there will be a part two, um, which we'll record for you later. I hope you all enjoyed that and that it's brought some clarity to this time of um, whatever you're going through with your kids, whether it's the exam season or testing, whatever it might be, or your students. So thank you very much, Julian, for your wisdom. Really thank you for having me again. and talking with you. Um, hope everybody's enjoyed that. Please engage in the social media platforms that um, Raising Successful Kids has. Uh, let me know what you think, what you'd like to hear in the future so that we can help other people who are listening. And let's remember in all that we do and say to um, allow our kids to think and be successful. Mm-hmm.